0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast. Today, we're going to be talking shed hunting, and with me is Phil Scribner. He is an administrator for the Facebook page Shed Antler Addiction, and he has probably found more sheds than anyone I know. Um, we're not showing video in this one, but uh, I'm looking at him right now, and you can just see sheds all along his wall, and it's just, it's a cool sight. Um, Phil, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good, Mike. How are you doing?
0: Oh, I'm doing great. So, um, let's just, uh, let's dive into the shed hunting. So what, uh, what got you started with shed
1: hunting? Um, to be honest, when I was a young kid, probably the early eighties, you know, I'd go hunting with my dad and my grandpa and whoever else. I just, that fascinated me with deer. And as I started getting a little older, I just kind of ventured off on my own. And then I started finding deadheads and then occasionally finding sheds and, you know, um, I guess that turned into just a total infatuation with them. And now I'm, I shed hunt pretty much year round at this point.
0: Okay. Um, when do you like, so if you're shed hunting year round, you know, the, the deer are dropping, you know, different times of the year, you know, like around here, they're kind of dropping right now. When do you, <laughs> when do you really like to start or see like the most success with it?
1: Um, right now, I mean, I actually found my first shed this year off the road with using binoculars, looking at a deer herd on December 31st. And then the next couple of days after that, I found one in Minnesota. Basically I was just glassing, watching the deer herds. And um, when I came across the herd, I'd find where they were feeding and I glassed the field edges and everything. And you'd occasionally you find some. And I don't know this time of the year, I, I try to only focus on the feeding. I I really don't pay any attention to the bedding areas. I just kind of watch for their feeding, where they're coming and going from. And then as the snow melts, get later in the year, that's when I'll start hitting those other areas.
0: Okay, that seems like a really good strategy, especially from, like, a deer pressure perspective. Like, you're driving Absolutely. around, you can see the deer out in the fields, you can take binoculars, spotting scope, whatever, yep. you know, just glass them, and then you can see how many are still holding, and you can see if yep. there's anything laying on the, you know, like, in the field or stuff like that. And it's just kind of, like, exactly. minimal pressure way to shed hunt right now, and then going yep. out as soon as the, you know, as soon as the snow starts melting, then it's you have a kind less- of an idea
1: idea where they're at yeah it's a lot less stressful on the deer too if you go out and you're out in their bedding areas you could push that deer off you know that target buck that you've been waiting all year to hunt you could push him off onto a neighboring property that you don't have access to you Mm -hmm. know leave them be comfortable you're not going to push them off just by walking their food source you stay out of their bedroom they'll be fine
0: yep yep that makes perfect sense and you know that kind of dives a little bit into strategy so you're you're looking at field edges right now you know as it progresses the snow melts um you know what where do you start and then where do you kind of end up when you're when you're doing this hunting
1: once again you're back you start always start with the food and then you'll watch the trails that go off towards the bedding just follow those trails, you'll see the main it's, in a lot of the fields around here they're highways in the snow, you know what I mean.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You just follow that into the bedding areas. follow you know usually your southern slopes, your you know your where they can get out of the wind, where they feel safe. That's all money.
0: Yeah, makes a lot of sense there. Do you find yourself uh, finding sheds like right on the main highways or do you notice that maybe your bigger ones, do they like to take a little bit of a path less traveled?
1: Some of them do, some of them don't. Um, I mean, it kind of all depends. Deer are different, you know, the the way the weather changes too, you know, maybe the wind's out of the west for a few days and it blows all their other trails and maybe they'll move around to another side of a ridge. You know, um, it really, there's no rhyme or reason as to where they're going to shed or when they're going to shed. It's just matter of stumbling on them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, you just find a bunch on a food source. Otherwise, you're putting in miles and miles and not finding anything. That's kind of it's the way shed hunting goes. You have to.
1: Exactly. It's,
0: it's definitely a game of patience.
1: Yeah, it is. If you're not patient, if you're going out and expecting to find, you know, five, 10, 20 sheds a day, you're gonna be disappointed almost every time you go out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of just have to have that outlook, like if you find a shed, you know, that's that's a good day.
1: That's a know? bonus, yep. Yep, exactly. That's a bonus.
0: Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could give our listeners maybe a couple tips on like training your eyes. What sort of things are you looking for when you're out there shed hunting or what do you keep in mind?
1: Like this time of the year where we have a lot of snow up in North Dakota right now, um, you're not necessarily looking for an antler. You're looking for a beam, the arch of the beam, um, the shine of a tine, just something that doesn't seem to be where it should be. You know, a lot of the fields, you know, say you're in a bean field, you know, the bean stubble is pretty narrow. It's going to be more of a grayish color. You know, when you get into that and you find you can glass and look and maybe you'll see just the beam tip sticking up then you walk over and sometimes it's a stick sometimes it's a shed i mean you just have to train your eyes how do i say this they kind of get a a glare to them you know okay it's hard to explain um honestly i've when i'm out and say i'm struggling and i'm with another friend that's found one I'll have them throw it on the ground so I can kind of tell what the color differences are, what the shape differences are, just to train my eyes again, or give myself a little hope maybe.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually one thing I was going to mention too. Like oftentimes when I'm shed hunting, I'll actually like bring one with, and if I'm s- struggling for a while, it's like I'll toss it out and then I'll look away for a little bit and then I'll look and I'll try and find that one just so yep. you can get, you know, cause different days sheds will look different too. Like depending on the, s- how, how sunny it is, how cloudy it is. Yep. And uh, yeah, you just kind of want to train your eyes. One question I have for you is like, your speed. So how fast are you going when you're out there looking for sheds and how does that change on the types of terrain you're going?
1: Everybody's different. Um, I have friends up in North Dakota here that are basically in like the CRP areas. They'll walk, I mean, so stinking fast, almost like a jog where I grew up in Northern Wisconsin, up in the big woods, the Oak ridges and stuff where we had to slow down because you could there could be an antler right behind that tree. So you kind of zigzag and we're out here. Everybody's kind of just drop, walks a direct line. It, it took me a while to train myself to get to, you know, to get to that point. But I don't know. I, it depends on the terrain. If you're in taller grass, you may want to slow down, you know, and spend time looking to your sides off in the distance, looking down, look behind you. That's a big key too, is, you know, you can walk past the shed then you won't see it if you're walking facing forward. If you stop and turn around, maybe you'll see that pine that's sticking up through the grass. You know, maybe the sun hits it right or whatever the case, you know what I mean? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It almost fascinates me how many times I will find a shed in an area that I know I've walked. Like, I know that I, I used to shed hunt this river bottom piece a lot, and I went out shed hunting twice. And I went through this area, and then all the snow was melted in like three Three weeks to a month later, I'm, I'm, like, getting ready for food plot projects. And then yeah. I go and I walk out this area and I find a nice five-point shed. I'm like, I know I walk by that thing two or three <laughs> times already, and it's right there. It's Absolutely. Just, I mean, it's crazy. Part of
1: it, like, right now, too, like I said, with, with the snow we have, it's so powdery. If you drop an antler off a shed or off the trail or off, you know, something that's really been walked on and trampled, that shed's going to disappear until the snow melts. Mm-hmm. And then exactly. you'll have, you know, where a, a coyote will take and pick up that antler and drag it off. And that's, you know, it might've been in a cattail so He'll drag it out of the cattail slough and set it in the CRP or something where it's, then it's, it's visible.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's you just know? amazing to think about stuff like that. And honestly, I hadn't really thought about like coyotes moving it or like, you know, bobcats oh, yeah. or whatever, but yeah, it's totally possible. Like you, you're spending an hour, two hours, three hours out in the woods, but, you know, there's like days and weeks where everything's out there and, and things could absolutely change. They
1: live out there, exactly. Mm-hmm. They live out there, that live in that range, you know, and it, things happen. I mean, you can't, I, mean, I don't know, I would say half the sheds I'll pick up this year have got some form of choose on them, whether it's squirrels, rabbits, porcupines, or coyotes. Coyotes are pretty notorious for just sitting there and gnawing on an antler. Then they'll get bored and take off and do whatever coyotes do.
0: <laughs> That's very interesting. Um, what sort of ratio would you think of sheds that you find that are fresh versus like a year or more old?
1: Uh, probably four to one, at least that. Um, in different areas, if we go to South Dakota or out west, you'll you'll find a lot of older antlers. You know, just that's mule deer compared to whitetail, I guess. We'll find maybe 20 old whitetail sheds that, you know, like the coyotes or whatever, drug out. Or maybe we took a different line to our stand or whatever. And all of a sudden there's a 50, 60, 70 in Chantler. My wife actually found a 76-inch six-point last year during rifle season. Oh, wow. I had my ball stand 20 yards away the other side of a cattail slough. (laughs)
0: yeah that's wild you just really never know what you're gonna find when you head out there you just the key is to just get out experience it you know put on some miles it's it's great great cardio and it's it's so much more scenic than sitting on a treadmill
1: (laughs) well exactly and it keeps you in shape for next fall when you plan your big hunting trips you know you're if you get out in your shed hunting you know we put on average 10 15 miles a day i would to guess you know walking mm-hmm. you know sometimes it's you know this time of the year in the snow and that's really gets old real quick so maybe you don't walk as much but you feel it at the end of the day or you know when we get down to South Dakota or Iowa you know where we could spend you know an entire day walking certain areas
0: yeah you know, absolutely and, you know, one of the main benefits of shed hunting too is not just finding that antler, but it's the information you gather about travel Absolutely. routes and, and yep. potential bucks that you can chase. You know, like I, I see so many rubs and scrapes or find new scrape lines when you're out there. Yep. It's just that time spent in the woods is so incredibly valuable and it's something you always want to keep in the back of your mind when you're when Absolutely. you're doing that shed hunting. And, you know, it, it, it's even worth bringing a notepad out Out and being like okay I found this rub line in this location like this is a place that I can look for potentially hunt during the rut or I know this is a late season travel corridor
1: that's I bring my phone with all the time and I have my onyx on usually is you know kind of tracking me and it's amazing how many pins I'll set in a year (laughs) you know different colors for your for deer sign, or I found antlers here, or I got permission on this property, mm-hmm. or, you know, what have you.
0: Look at this, just a new age guy there, Phil. I'm talking about bringing out I'm a on, and man. a pen and he's like, <laughs> well, you know, there's an app for that. You can just download Onyx, <laughs> and you can literally drop a pin in the location where you're at so you don't have to fumble around, think about where you are.
1: <laughs> well, the amount of miles that I put on a year, just driving across, you know, different states, you know, I hunt, Five, six different states a year, so it—I forget so many things. It's—it's it's just a valuable tool.
0: Yeah, yeah. You've probably forgotten more things about shed hunting than most of us will ever learn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that.
0: Uh, give, your, give yourself that. a little credit, man.
1: Oh, uh, well, thank you.
0: Okay. Well, so you have, you've definitely found a lot of sheds in your day. Do you have any shed hunting story or certain antler find that sticks out as the most memorable for you?
1: Uh, well, there a couple, I guess. Um, I mean, I found at the time it would have been the number three um, moose paddle in North Dakota. And that that was just crazy. I, I found it in, in a cornfield of all places.
0: Oh, and, that's, and uh, that is not easy to do.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> and I, I called my cousin and I was in a panic. He thought I got hurt. So he came running trying to help me. And here I'm just in awe over the shed. And uh, so we fumbled around the rest of it. I never did find the other side. but And then, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I found a... A 70 inch four point typical frame four point that had about a seven inch drop on it and one of my best friends happened to be with me at the time so it was kind of a special moment and mm-hmm. I know there's there's a lot yeah every year there's one or two you know what i mean
0: for sure absolutely it's good to it's good to have those memories
1: it is mm-hmm. for sure
0: yeah so um talk to me a little bit about this facebook page shed antler addiction
1: uh, shed Addiction started by my my buddy Ivor Hensrud. He lives up out of Mecklenau, but uh, he started it several years ago, and we started doing shows. And um, he opened a web page actually, Shed uh, dot com, and we have what one hundred and seventy five one hundred and seventy five thousand members on it now. Um, it's it's a great tool to get to know people. Honestly, a lot of the people that I get to, that I hang out with and I'm friends with, I've met from that group. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll post a picture of a shed and I've had people even notice the background where I'm at, where I took the picture and posted it to the group. And they'll message me and tell me where I found it. And we end up (laughs) all these years later, we're friends. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, that's crazy. And, you know, honestly, I'm pretty sure that's how we ended up meeting too. I I found this, I found this shed hunting, like somebody shared a picture from it. And I was like, oh, that's an awesome shed. Oh, shed antler addiction. This is a great way to waste a couple hours and look at a bunch of shed <laughs> antlers and big deer that people find, you know, and it's, it's crazy. It's, you just get a bunch cool. of like-minded people and, you know, the, yeah, those connections too. It's like great ways to find areas to shed hunt and, uh, you know, yep. talk people, talk to people that are into it and, you know, learn. So That's, it's pretty cool.
1: Probably what what I've learned from it the most is, you know, besides befriending these people, I've friended Dozens and dozens of people in the surrounding areas and states where I've shed hunted, and I get invited to go to these places and have the opportunities that a lot of people don't because they're just not willing to talk to the people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, I've made some met some amazing people through the site. It's it's pretty fun.
0: Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, it's just it's great to see a big group like that, or like I said, just like minded people, and you know. People will be a little jealous you found so many big sheds, but, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're happy for you, too.
1: <laughs> well, it's, you know, I've had friends. I had a buddy that we found a, a dead moose, actually, here a few weeks ago. And uh, we went and it in, we reported it to the ranger station. We didn't touch it. We left it there, reported it to the ranger station. The game warden went out, and they couldn't confirm the death, so we couldn't keep the head. So long story short, like two days later, Karma helped him out and he found two sheds off this buck that he didn't even never saw before. And he's a diehard. He knows every single deer in this area.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: both the antlers, I believe, were over 80 inches. Oofta. That's a good yeah, one. It's, it's a giant. Yeah.
0: Huh. Very cool. So what uh what states do you plan on hitting up this year?
1: Well, I've already done uh Minnesota and about half of North Dakota where I've glassed and, you know, been able to pick sheds out of fields and whatnot. And I'll be in South Dakota next week, you know, I'll be Iowa here and within the next month, Wisconsin, probably Illinois yet. Um, if things go all right, I'll make it over to Montana, but that's kind of depends on how the weather goes here. We get an early melt that kind of cuts into my out of state trips.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I was actually just in South Dakota this past weekend. Man, we crushed the fish. It was crazy. It was some, <laughs> of, the be- awesome. it was some of the best fishing I've had in, in a very long time. I mean, we probably iced 75 to 100 fish. I mean, most wow. most of them were walleye. We got some perch. I think we ended up taking home 15, 16 perch or something like that.
1: Any size to them? Or?
0: Um, I mean, all the perch were worth keeping. The walleyes, everything yeah. was between... 14 to 17 13 to 17 so we didn't run into any real big ones but yeah everything great eating so it was it was a blast i'm actually working on editing the footage to put on our youtube channel because it's it's pretty entertaining i mean when you catch that many fish it's hard to not get decent footage
1: (laughs) right (laughs) you're bound to get something
0: yeah exactly Phil, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, You know, best of luck out there shed hunting, and uh, and we appreciate your time
1: here. Well, thanks a lot, Mike. Thanks for having me. Best of luck this season, and let me know what you find.
0: Will do. Have a good one, Phil.
1: You too. Take care, buddy.
0: You just heard our segment with Phil Scribner of Shed Antler Addictions and all-around shed hunting enthusiasts. If you want to join that Facebook page, we have it linked in the description below. It's just a great group of like-minded people who love shed hunting and love sharing what they find. We highly recommend getting out this spring, doing a little bit of shed hunting. It's uh, a great workout. You can learn a ton about your land, and you just never know what you might find out there. And with that, we want to thank you all for listening, and see you next time.